glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, amen, amen, amen. Let's rest on our feet. Anybody ready for the word today? Amen. Praise God. Before we um, do our confession of faith, I want to give another plug for our men. If you have not signed up at the information station or uh, online, please do so. First 50, get this book, Rise of the Servant Kings. It's going to be great. We're going to have a a great meeting on next Saturday, so you don't want to miss that. I also want to encourage us uh, as a church uh, to... Uh, walk in the walk a mile. Um, somebody, when I, when I first started doing this, I had the same question. Why are we doing this in the middle of February when it's cold and everything else? Well, we wanted to, you know, I talked to, to the organizers. They want us to get the full effect of what it might be to be outside in February, to be homeless. Now, even if it's just for a, a, an hour or two to get that, that effect Uh, to show some compassion. So we want to do this as a church. We would like as many as can sign up for that so that we can have, we'd love to have at least a hundred of our members to walk in the walk of mine. We usually walk together. So please uh, govern yourselves accordingly with that. Amen. All right, get your Bibles out. Amen. If you have your paper Bible or you have uh, your tablets or your phone, wherever you have the word of God, just repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I believe God's word. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same after hearing God's word. I am being transformed by the ever-living, uncompromising, never-changing, ever-powerful Word of God. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Everybody believing, everybody serving, and everybody giving. Amen and amen. Remain standing. 1 John chapter 3. Father, we need your help always. None of me and all of you. Break up the fallow ground of our own hearts that we might receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls. Thank you. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. First John chapter 3, I'm going to begin at verse 11, reading in the New Living Translation through verse 19. The word of the Lord. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But 
person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. You know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. So far, the scripture, you may be seated. Glory to God. I, I want to preach in your hearing today uh, a question, really. How is your love life? How's your love life? This message is not dealing with your intimate marital or couples type relationships. The question is asking, how are you doing with exhibiting love as a daily lifestyle? As John says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. We frankly cannot preach about love too much because it is something we all can more deeply embrace and manifest in our lives. How to be loving, as my favorite professor taught me, should be our daily prayer. So this message today, and, and I'm going to be dealing with this whole idea of love this whole month. Um, of course, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about our theme for this year being defending the faith. And I feel really strongly about this message today, uh, about what I feel like God wants us to get down in our spirits uh, as we go forth uh, the rest of the remainder of this, this year, really, and throughout our lifetime, quite frankly. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look, not, uh, look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Wow. So a, a major uh, core value, if you will, as it relates to Christianity and being a Christ follower, a disciple of Christ, however you want to describe that, a major core value is, listen now, is how we love others. How we love others. Esteeming others better than ourselves is, listen, is a command from God. Esteem means to respect or admire. So to respect and admire others more than ourselves is part of our Christian posture. 
So I, I want you to, if, if you can, I want you to follow me very closely today because sometimes when we hear messages like this and we hear the word love and we may have a tendency to just write it off as though we already got that. We already understand that. Yeah, we know we're supposed to love each other, pastor. Yeah, we know that's the right thing to do. But I believe God is wanting to get this in our spirit from an extremely real perspective, an experiential perspective. Listen, it is impossible to love properly without sacrifice. Sacrifice means an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. Most of us, in in some kind of way or or another, we sacrifice whatever that means in, in in the moment to look towards something that we may value more in the future. So what I do, I sacrifice not constantly eating everything in sight for the benefit later of not being obese. (laughs) Because I love to eat. So I'll make a sacrifice not to eat, at least not eat everything I want to eat at the level I want to eat it. I make the sacrifice now. That's really what sacrifice is all about. It is exchanging something Uh, that is valuable to you for something that is perhaps more valuable. So I'm going to be asking this throughout this message, and I I want you to hear what God is saying, not just Keith. I need you to hear what God is saying. Listen, how is your love life? Are you esteeming others more than yourself? Are you sacrificing for the good of, of others in your daily life. The Apostle Paul said uh, to the Roman church in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He says reasonable service. I I like that. There's another translation that says something like, uh, it's your spiritual act of worship. But I like reasonable service because the inference that Paul is making is, listen, don't pat yourself on the back. This ain't no big deal. This is what you're supposed to do. Are y'all still here? Making a sacrifice, presenting your body is no big deal. It should be what you're supposed to do. Loving other people is your reasonable service. Preaching good there, Keith. Preaching good. Loving people is your reasonable service. Loving people who don't agree with you is your reasonable service. Loving people who come from a different culture is your reasonable service. Loving people who vote the opposite of you is your reasonable service. I know you think you're right. I know you think you're on the right side. I I, I get all that. But that has nothing to do with being loving towards somebody that doesn't agree with you. As Christians, we've got to embrace this. We've got to embrace this law of love. 
that the Word of God pounds in us constantly. So how's your love life? <laughs> so let's, listen, let's abandon this easy, mythical, deceptive, superficial idea of what being a Christian is like. Let's just, let's just throw that out the window. It's more than just confession. It's, just, it's more than just saying I'm a Christian. It, it, it's more than just saying with our mouths that I'm a Christ follower. I'm a disciple of Christ. It, it, it's more than just talking. It's not, it's not about the confessing the part. Listen, it's about loving or being loving toward those who are diametrically opposed to your political views, your lifestyle choices, your musical styles, and your denominational foundations. In other words, you got to love folks that aren't like you. And you would think, as mature as we think we are, that we wouldn't have to drill down on this so much and God wouldn't have to bring these messages around like this so much. But the fact of the matter is, we are focusing on a bunch of stuff, a bunch of churchy kind of stuff, a bunch of religious kind of stuff. And we, we like to champion those things because those are in the outward and they, they, they seem really nice. And we can do that in the confines of the church and we don't have to live with people. We don't have to work with people, but Jesus is letting us know, listen, it's about how you love folks. You can speak in tongues and be as hateful as ever. Sometimes those are most haters. I'm telling you. Religion is, is something else. And if, if we don't understand that God is serious about this, he's serious about us loving one another. And if you have the Holy Spirit, if you have the Holy Ghost, if you have God on the inside, listen, you have the capacity to love. What it's about is doing what the Apostle John says in our text. 1 John 3, 19. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Ooh, he just slips it in. I love God's word. Just slips it right in. Basically, he's saying, listen, if you aren't loving people, you shouldn't be confident. My Lord. It's basically what he's saying. If you are not loving people properly... You shouldn't be confident when you stand before God. Jesus said it like this. Not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But those that, what? Do the will of my Father. What is the will of my Father? Loving people that don't look like you. Loving people that don't sound like you. Loving people that don't agree with you. He, he didn't say anything uh, about being a disciple if, if you speak in tongues, if you can prophesy. He said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Help me out, Dr. Uh, Ellen Davis. If you are loving toward. See, we play games with that. Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord, you demon. 
No, no, no. It's not just a verbal affirmation. It's how you treat them. That is the measurement of whether or not we are a true disciple. 1 John 3, 19. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Listen, you can't be confident if you're not loving people. Jesus said, many going to say, Lord, Lord. They're going to say, they're going to claim, I prophesied in your name. See, that's the big thing now. It's the prophetic. We believe in the prophetic. We fivefold ministry here. We got prophets in here. We believe in apostolic uh, covering and apostolic ministry. I'm not talking about the denominational apostolic. I'm talking about the fivefold mini Bible apostolic. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We believe in all of those things. Come on now. And it's a big thing uh, with the prophets because everybody, everybody wants to hear our word. You got a word for me? You got a word? Pastor Nate, got a word? We got a whole Bible full of words. Why don't we read, why don't we read and do those? Come on here. And so we get excited about this stuff because loving your neighbor, loving your enemy is not juicy stuff. It's hard stuff. Come on now. And so that's why God has to send these messages. Verse 15, anyone, listen, anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. And what he's saying here, and let me use a modern language, don't get it twisted. If you hate folks, you don't have eternal life in you. Okay, how much you speak in tongues? Prophesy. Come on here. Where the rubber meets the road is can you love people who work for Comcast? That's what I want to know. I'm talking to myself right now because I had to deal with them this week again. It's like, Lord, what's up? I got to pass the test, honey. I do. I, do. I got I to pass this test. And so keep coming around. Maybe, I haven't, maybe I've been flunking. Maybe that's why I got to deal with them every week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, I don't even know who, who's on the other end of the line. But my point is, that's where we prove whether God's in, the, in here. Come on now. We, we're focusing on the wrong stuff in, in many cases. It's not either or. In, in most cases, it's both and. So we prophesy. We believe God. We lay hands on the sick. We do all those things. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. And we treat people right. Come on now. John is clearly giving us God's expectations for our love life. You can, listen, you can come to church and not love your brother or sister. You can come to church, listen, you can come to church and sing with the praise team with your brother and sister. You can play in the band back here. And you, listen, you can be saying all kinds of stuff under your breath. Oh, yes, I know how that works. You can put on a fake smile, but not really love other Christians. Pastor Leah, praise the Lord. You really sang that song today. I, praise the Lord. How you doing today? I never did like her. <laughs> she thinks she's something just because she can sing. <laughs> you see, this, this is the stuff... That, that inner stuff, 
that, 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 that stuff, that unforgiveness, that, that bitterness, that, that strife, that envy, that stuff that's on the inside that God is coming after. How's your love life? Come on, let's stop playing games and do this for real. I say this often about, listen, you've got to want this. You can fake us out. You, you can. Praise the Lord, Pastor. Anything you want me to do? I love you. I love the church. God bless you. Okay, okay. <laughs> and on the inside, you can be saying, ooh, I hope you don't ask me nothing. <laughs> now, you know I'm telling the truth. You know I'm telling the truth. Listen, this is Destiny 2.0, which I believe is quoting Bible 2.0. 1 John 2, starting at verse 7, says this. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one uh, you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment, to love one another, is the same message you have heard before. Yet it is also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the truth and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I am living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. If we don't love people, we're walking in darkness. And the Spirit of the Lord is arresting us to get this right. We're not going to win the world by fancy praise teams and bands and lights and screens. Listen, the world does it better than we do. They're not impressed by that. You know what is impressive? When people know they are unlovable and you love them anyway. Do you know most people have some kind of clue, not everybody, but most people have some kind of clue how worrisome they are. <laughs> they, might, they may not want to admit it fully, but we kind of know, especially when we have relationships with people and we know things don't always click and all the, everything is not harmonious all the time. And listen, all of us got to deal with some folks that get on our nerves. I need a better amen than that because some of y'all lying. Come on. And all of us got somebody that gets on our nerves. No, Pastor, I love everybody. I don't have no problem. All of us have somebody that can get on our nerves. You know, my, my, my thing is Comcast. But you got one, too. You got something going on. Might be in your house. Now look out now. <laughs> you might be sleeping with the enemy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. We, we have an obligation. Come on now. We have an obligation. Those of us who claim to know Jesus, I bet you haven't suffered as much as him. I bet nobody has done to you all that they did to him. 
When's the last time somebody beat you and pulled your beard out? When's the last time that you have been, had your wrist, really is what it was, nailed to a cross and put up in the air until you asphyxiate yourself? Not for himself! Not that he did anything wrong. You know what? He suffered that way for you and for me. So loving people, if you have the spirit of God, it is an expectation. And there is no excuse. Well, Pastor, I've heard it so many times. You don't know what he did to me. Don't matter what he did to you. Doesn't matter what they did. You know what? Because it's not about them. And making it about them is really, uh, it's really a hidden pride is really what it is. It's not about them. It's about who we serve. Listen, the reason why I don't cuss you out has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's all about him. The way, uh, uh, when we go on the fast, the reason why I, I, I try to comply, I, I do comply, with, with the fasting guidelines has nothing to do with you. It's got something to do with him. It's a spiritual principle. Come on now. So what we have to do, we have to decide. Do you really want this? Do you? Do you really want to serve Jesus where when you stand before him, we can have confidence, as John tells us, because we have loved the brethren, the sistering, if you will. And some people are difficult to love. It might be you. Come on now. God's definition of love, come on music team, I'm done, is not a declaration or a confession. Listen now, it's an action. God's definition of love is an action. For God so loved all the saints. No, he so loved the world. The ones that are doing their own thing, that are shaking their fist against God, the ones that claim to be atheists, the ones that doing everything that it, the total opposite of what his word says, he died for them. I want to quote a, a lyric. Some of you who were around maybe in the 90s or so and Remember a group called Commissioned. Great group, Fred Hammond, Mitchell Jones, and Carl Reed, and eventually Marvin Sapp, Keith Staten, Michael Williams. You can tell I'm listening to them every now and then. But they came out with a song that I think was revelatory. And that song says, um, Love is in love till you've given it away. So what does that mean? Loving in your head doesn't do anybody any good. It's got to translate 
into being a blessing to somebody. See, we like this cerebral stuff. Sister Jessica, I love you. But I never am a blessing. She can't tell by anything that I do. It's just words. And God is saying, we got to go to another level. God so loved that he gave. Faith without works or corresponding action is dead. It has no power. It didn't say it didn't exist. It just says it doesn't have any corresponding action. And the inference is you could exhibit faith from a confession standpoint, but if you don't do anything that says you really believe what you're saying, it has no power. So this message today came to ask you, there won't be a test coming from the pastor. The Holy Ghost is asking the question, how's your love life? How you treating folks? <laughs> Can you really love a Democrat? I'm not talking about some closet Democrat. I'm talking about somebody that is diametrically, verbally, aggressively against what you think you believe in. Can you love them? Before y'all get too comfortable, can you love a Republican? Someone who gets on social media, talks about their belief systems, what they think is right, what's wrong with the present administration. Can you love them? Can you pray for them? Not pray that they see stuff like you. Pray that God's will will be done in their life. I know you think you're right. I know. See, this heart stuff, I believe, personally, I believe that's what God is coming after. Listen, you all know committing adultery is wrong. Now we got to preach it every now and then because some of y'all get amnesia. But I'm just saying. <laughs> Most of us, we understand that. You know when you tell a lie, that's a lie, and God is not pleased. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. A proud look, a lying tongue. God hates liars. Most of us hate liars. Not hate in a broad sense, but we don't like it. <laughs> backbiting and gossiping. Listen, don't be talking about the pastor at lunch today. Don't be doing that. God's not pleased. And I ain't either. <laughs> we know this stuff. We already know. But here's what often eludes us when we're trying to think of ourselves in a certain way. And this is what God is coming after. We don't do any of those things. 
I don't smoke, <laughs> and I don't chew, <laughs> and I don't run around with those who do. Hey, yeah, good for you. But you can't get along with nobody. And you've got this unforgiveness in your heart. You know how you can tell? When you come into the church, because you're going to keep coming because you want to think everything's cool, but you see that person that got on your nerves, that person that offended you, that person that lied on you, whatever it is, and you see them in the lobby. And then you go the other way to come in a different entrance. That's how we know. That's how you should know something's not right. Come on, help me, Keith Sweat. Something, ain't, something just ain't right. <laughs> Y'all didn't know I'd know nothing about that, did you? <laughs> See, it's, it's the heart stuff, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, we, we've got to ask, okay, Holy Spirit, I confess. Brian gets on my nerves. <laughs> But your word says that I got to stand before you with confidence. So I got to love him. Are y'all tracking? Are y'all getting this? Come on, stand on your feet. When Jesus was betrayed, he still loved and forgave. Do you know how deep this is? I use this as an example to help me when I'm struggling, forgiving, and I'm struggling with a person maybe that hurt me. I, I, I'm reminded that Jesus chose Judas, and Judas betrayed him, and Jesus treated him so well, none of the other disciples knew that he was a betrayer. That is just powerful. So I believe that's what the Lord is calling us to today. And if you're in here and you're struggling with unforgiveness, maybe you're struggling with jealousy or envy or one of those heart things. I, I personally, I believe there are going to be people, more people having issues, especially so-called Christians, that make it into heaven based upon these kinds of things than all the big ones. That's just me. Because we have to really dig deep to love our enemies. No, I, I, I'll confess. Confession is good for the soul. I've asked God, Jesus, would you put that love your enemy stuff in there for? What's up with that? I already know the answer, but I mean, I'm, I'm just talking. I talk to God like that. He knows what you're thinking anyway. It's like, what's up with that? You know how hard that is. Well, you know what he said? If you're going to be my son, you got to act like me. Ooh. Well, I ain't had no more to say. <laughs> so I want to pray for us. I want to give an opportunity, if, if you so choose, if we got altar workers here, you can come, or you can come on your own just to, to stand and, and talk to God however you need to. If you are struggling with unforgiveness, come on down here. Let's get it straight. There's the power of God. God never sends a message without sending the grace and the power to deal with unforgiveness, to deal with issues, to deal with being able to love those that are enemies of ours. 
And so we have an opportunity to get it straight. There's power. There's no shame in confession. That's why I try to be as, as transparent with you as I possibly can. I am not a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination. But I try to be authentic with God. He knows us already anyway. God help us. So we're going to sing a little bit of this song. And I, I just want, if, if this message, if the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you about getting some things straight, uh, straight and, and letting some things go, letting some people go, quit holding people hostage for something that they did 20 years ago or last week, it doesn't matter. We got to let some stuff go. Get our hearts right. Go ahead and sing.